This is Bryn, covering the Pac-12. I'm Mark, I'm covering the Big Ten. And together we make the In and Given Saturday CFB podcast, giving you live up-to-date information, week recaps, and week previews for the weeks to come. And welcome into the college, Any Given Saturday college football podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Brennan. All right, and, and we have an action-packed episode ready for you guys today. We have a lot to get through. We're actually going to switch it up on you guys, and we're going to start in the Pac-12. Uh, usually we start in the Big Ten, uh, but I really feel like there is a lot more to get to today into the Big Ten with the undefeated matchup and all that. So we're going to start out with the Pac-12. So uh, we'll start off with the, uh, the Friday night game, which I didn't get to watch, but you said you watched. I watched it at Chili's chasing my son around. <laughs> I still got to watch highlights. I get to watch anything. <laughs> so uh, for this one, I picked Oregon State. Um, yeah. And you had picked Washington. So you ended, you up, winning, dub. You ended up winning that one. Uh, Oregon State keeping Washington close is actually a pretty big thing. So, I mean. I mean, Oregon State is – Oregon State hasn't been – I don't even know what I was trying to go there. Oregon State's been Oregon State <laughs> this year. Uh, UW has definitely fallen off, um, especially from last year where they were a college football playoff team. But uh, Yeah, it's it's kind of the rebuilding year for them. I mean, I don't think it's anything to be really too worried about with Chris Peterson stuff the realm. But uh, look, it, it's obviously looking more and more each week as the rebuilding year. Um, they still got top recruits committing to them, so it's nothing to be too concerned about. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Oregon State – it, even if you're in a rebuilding year, being a program like Washington, you, you should be able to handle Oregon State and not make it a, a – I think the score of this game definitely was um, – it made the game a lot closer than what it really was. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, like I said, I was chasing my son around Chili's during this game, uh, but I believe it was 19 to nothing at one point, and then Oregon State put up a touchdown – um, uh yeah, it looks like Oregon State scored in that third quarter. Let me see. I got the I got the score right here. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, Oregon State. Uh, they made it. They made it closer there at the end, but it uh, the game wasn't as close as it, as as the score predicts. But anyway, okay, so uh, uh, moving on. Uh, we got uh, hang on. We got to go over stats. Oh we Jesus! Got Jake Lutton, nineteen and twenty-eight for only eighty-eight yards and one interception. Pretty terrible. Uh, Jacob Easton, 1632, 175, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Uh, definitely looks like Savin Ahmed carried the team. I don't know if you see his rushing yards right now, but he had 174, just straight beasting it. Um, Oregon State looked like it has, had no offense whatsoever. Do they ever have an offense? I mean, last <laughs> week, I think Ludden put up, like, what, 300-plus yards? Yeah. I'd have to look again, but uh, – I mean, I think this is a big, even though Oregon State loses, and you say it wasn't that close as the scores digs, but I still think this is a pretty big uh, game for Oregon State because their defense has been pretty questionable all year, and they still hold the Washington only 19 points. Yeah, defense definitely stepped it up more. Uh, hey, that game we were watching earlier, Clemson at uh, 49-10, just, just to let you know. <laughs> so they haven't scored since we, since we stopped watching. Yeah, right, right, because – uh, Trevor Lawrence came out. Let's be real. <laughs> All right, so now we'll uh, we'll go on to our Saturday games. First off, we got Stanford and Colorado. Um, for this one, I picked Colorado. So interesting fact about this game: Cortez only he in this game 
even with the win, he became the second Colorado player to ever go over Montez. 10, or Montez, yeah. Montez, uh, second Colorado player ever in history to go over 10,000 career yards from scrimmage. He's also a fifth year senior, that, senior though, too. So, yeah, but I mean, that's still a big deal, man. I don't care. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's yeah, okay. not an interesting fact. All right, fuck you. I ain't bringing out no more facts. <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate it. So, we got KJ Costello uh, looking pretty good here 18 of 29, 245, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Montez, what we were talking about earlier, 20 of 30, 186, uh, no touchdowns, just one interception. Uh, Stanford's rushing game still seems to be absent. Uh, Colorado's did all right. LaVisca Chenault, eight receptions, 91 yards. Uh, and is there any way that we can see the spreads? Because I, I feel like Stanford was favored in this game. Cause I know that I picked Stanford, um, to win this game, but I want to know if Colorado, did they beat the spread? Uh, that I don't know. I don't, I, I don't. Uh, I'm not seeing anything on a spread. I'd have to do a separate. Yeah, I have to do a separate search. My bad. I just just wanted to see if. (laughs) If you guys know, email in. It'd be our first email ever. So email in if you know the spread of that Stanford Colorado (laughs) game. I'd be interested. Yeah, so Colorado won 16 13. Not a bad. Not a bad win. I. But I pick Colorado, you pick Stanford, so that's a yeah, uh, dub for me. Uh, yeah, dude. It's becoming like the uh yeah, the name of this podcast because <laughs> you you're whoop you're whooping my ass when it comes to overall record, by the way. So now we'll go into the USC Trojans and Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh-huh. Uh Keaton Slovis had two hundred and ninety seven passing yards and four touchdowns in just the first quarter alone. Yeah, but uh, what did he do after that? Uh, I got one interception and <laughs> <laughs> almost 200 more passing yards. So this game, uh, if you if you listen to last week, you guys know that this game, we actually got together, um, watched this game together, and it was actually a pretty entertaining game. Um, USC was up 28-7 to at the end of the first quarter. ASU was dead to rights, and then outscoring USC 13-3. to through the last three quarters. So we made it close at the end, um, but we couldn't get over the hump and Jaden Daniels wasn't in the game. So I, I think yeah, that definitely, a, I think if Jaden Daniels was in this game, it would have been a lot different of a football game because Joey Yellen made his very first start today and he looked all right, except for that interception. They threw in a double coverage. Um, I threw a couple of them. One of them just got recalled. Yeah. But I think the, the, the one that he threw, the interception he threw back there in a double coverage, they ran the same play in like the third quarter and it went for like 50-some yards. So Joey Yellen is definitely somebody to look at in Arizona State, but I think if Jaden Daniels is in this game and we weren't just such a relying on Eno Benjamin to run the ball, I think I think USC doesn't walk out of Tempe, and I think that uh, y'all's boy gets fired on the tarmac again out there in Tempe. Um, I think ASU would have walked away with that win very easily. Uh, yeah, I think if you get uh, Daniels in there with that versatility where he's mobile, it yeah. definitely helps out a lot, especially with that offensive line. looked like it was struggling at some points. Um, it just seemed like Joey Yellen would break a sack, get outside the pocket, and think that he had to do something with the ball and throw it into coverage instead of just throwing it out of bounds or trying to run for a couple yards. Yeah, But he, is, he was a true freshman making his first start. So 
No, Joey, Joey was trying to do too much. Uh, I think he was out there trying to prove something to Herm Edwards and that coaching staff that he belonged yeah. there because he did get recruited with Jaden Daniels. Uh, they're both freshmen, so I think Joey went out there with something to prove, and he was trying to throw the ball into tight coverage. And I mean, you can't do that. I, I don't care who, if, whether you're playing USC or whether you're playing Nichols State. You cannot throw that ball into that tight of coverage and expect good things to happen at all times. So, so we got a final score of thirty-one to twenty-six. Um, at the end, probably after we do the Big Ten uh, recap, we'll, we'll go into Pac-12 news because there's a couple of things that have come out this past week with. Uh, USC and a couple other things um, along with the Pac-12. Yep. Uh, so now we'll go into our final game because we only had four games this week. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Echo, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we got Washington State and Cal. <laughs> you want to stop dying over there? <laughs> Woohoo! Woohoo! That's what it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. So All California, right. Washington State, the barn burner of the night, 33-20, California wins. I don't think uh, any of us would have predicted this to happen, especially being this high scoring for Cal, a team that does not offense. But monster look looked pretty good out there. Missed a couple open passes, but holy uh, shit! Anthony Gordon threw 58 passes tonight. Yeah, it's the air raid. It's a true air raid. Jesus, get that man an ice pack. That's why there's only 14 carries for rushes. <laughs> for 16 yards. And oh, six man. from the quarterback, so only eight really total rushes throughout the whole game. All right, so Anthony Gordon, 45 of 58 for 407 yards. That's a motion. Can you grab me a beer? Thank you. I just I didn't know if that you know, was going through. Anyway. <laughs> Anthony Gordon, 407 yards, uh, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Monster, 16 to 24, 230 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Looked really good. Um, I think where this game was won was uh, on the ground because Washington State had 16 yards on the ground. California, 36 carries for 196 yards for two touchdowns. Brown. Not only that, but the, that Cal defense looked absolutely phenomenal again. Yeah, I will say this was a better game than I thought it was going to be. Um, I def- when we started out this game, and it was six to two at the end of the first quarter, or six to five, I was like, "Dude, why are we watching this? Like, I'd rather watch Paw Patrol on Nickelodeon than watch this bullshit." But it actually, turned out to be a pretty good game. Uh, I'll give it to him. Um, I think that what I saw tonight from these two teams was they both know that they're fighting for a bowl game. But they're not giving up. Uh, saw a lot of heart on both sides of the football, and I'm not even being facetious when I say that. Especially Washington State, they only have one conference win. So, yeah, they're pretty bad in conference this year. Yeah, I mean they're going to have to win two of their last three, and I don't even know what their schedule looks like from here. But they're going to have to win two of three to go bowling. And I, we actually had to they, talk about this. Um, about I didn't understand why Mike Leach was quote unquote elite, but I would I would be interested to know. And if I mean you have to look this up. Go ahead. But how many times has Mike Leach missed a bowl game as a head coach? Uh, so if we're going off record, he's only missed it three times because he only has three losing seasons. Yeah, and I mean, for him... Because there was the... Uh, man, I can't remember what year it was at Texas Tech when they had um, USC's offensive quarter now, Graham Harrell as QB, and 
Michael Crabtree as receiver and they beat Texas or they upset him. Yeah. Uh, but they were actually trying to fight for a national championship uh, spot at that point that they're in the BCS area. So, well, all right. So for Washington State, for Mike Leach to go bowling, he's going to have to beat Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington. He's going to have to beat two of those three teams. I think he'd definitely beat two of the three. Yeah. Yeah, I, he has a favorable schedule. He's he's had a very tough schedule up to this point. Uh, in conference, he lost that barn, just that scoreboard lighting game against UCLA when they lost 67-63. Um, and then they lost to Utah, Arizona State, and Oregon. So three of his five losses in conference are to ranked opponents because Arizona State was ranked at the time. And now we see what Utah's made of. We see what Oregon's made of. California, I think tonight. I mean, they're on the road. You know. Yeah, I think Saturday I, night in the Pac-12, anything can happen. Exactly. I think. Um, I think the biggest thing for Kyle moving forward is, does Monster keep up this performance? Because uh, well, let's let, let me take a look really quick. Because uh, he has not looked good over the past couple games, and this one he looks good, and they score thirty-three points. Uh, he's got a tough schedule. Uh, he's gonna he they got USC coming to town on the 16th next Saturday, and then they go to Stanford, and then they go to UCLA. So I tough schedule. They, I think they go bowling. They can beat Stanford. You think they'll uh, beat UCLA? Uh, well, I mean, they will. They'll put them at six wins. But yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll get in. Let's. I think that's a good segue, so man. We, let's let's get into. Uh, can, we, can we talk about Justin Wilcox's reaction to that missed field goal or the blocked field goal? <laughs> <laughs> dude we were dying over that just like he like looked up at the field goal post looking for the ball and then saw that it was 50 yards behind the field goal and he's like oh shit this <laughs> ball landed at like the 32 yard line <laughs> yeah it, it is the Washington State players helmet square in the head <laughs> oh man that was hilarious I was dying on that one um but I don't know I mean for a game uh, for a game that I wasn't expecting Definitely, I I was definitely intrigued by this game. I didn't think I was going to be, and I actually found myself watching that game. And actually, you know, through stuffing my face of pizza, I, I think I was uh I was pretty stoked. It was a pretty good game. Um, just really quick before we go into uh, predictions, I know that you said you forgot about this game. I just want to say, I'm I'm done picking football games, dude. I'm done. All right, because <laughs> I said I said before this game kicked off after we switched over from ASU and USC, I was like Iowa State's going to beat Oklahoma. Last time that Iowa State came to Norman, they won. Oklahoma is winning forty two twenty one. So, <laughs> yeah, and Clemson scored. Oh yeah. man, I just clicked something wrong. Hang on here. Uh, so, we'll, you want to do predictions now, or you want to do them at the end? No, let's do predictions. Let's uh, let's kind of wrap up the Pac-12. Kind of a boring week in the Pac-12, other than our game. Um, so okay, next yeah, week, um, next week, uh, right out the gate in Salt Lake City is UCLA Utah. Who you got? Um, I got Utah. I'm gonna take Utah, but I'm gonna take Utah. Uh, I'm gonna take Utah tight. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. So. Uh, next game in Corvallis, Arizona State, Oregon State. One second. Let me get our picks up real quick so we can keep track. Um, All right. So, so just overall. Yeah, yeah. You t we both took Utah, but overall you're 11 and 5, and I am 8 and 6. I started betting some money now. 
<laughs> Wouldn't bet the mortgage, bud. All right, Arizona State, <laughs> Oregon State. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the shocker on this one. I'm going to go with Oregon State. I'm riding the Oregon State bus. All right. Well, I mean, they burned me this mo- this week, but I'm going to take them next week. I think Jaden Daniels comes back. I'm taking the Devils. Okay. All right. Interstate matchup in Berkeley, USC, California. Uh, man, I, I'm going to go with Cal. I'm a, uh, dude, really? Yeah, I I think Cal's defense is probably going to be one of the best defenses they face besides Oregon's, and I think it's going to be um, – I if Monster can play like how he played today, I think it's going to be a good game. I just you, – you, you listen to what I said when you I said the USC is a first-quarter team. Yeah, I, I definitely believe you. Uh, and then Cal didn't start scoring points till the second half, so. Mm, um, I'm going to take USC. I'm going to take your Trojans, man. I, I think okay. I think they go on the road, they take them. All right, next game. Uh, well, actually, before we move on, you're betting against your Trojans. I want I want to hear now. How many how many points do you think Cal wins by? Uh, I wish we had the spread, but I would say probably. I think USC scores anywhere from 21 to 28, and then Cal probably wins by a field goal, so maybe 31, 24. Mm-hmm. That's respectable. All right, Stanford, Washington State. Well, the Cougs let me down this week, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Stanford this year, so I'm going to stick with with the Cougs. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the, Q, the, the Cougs. I'm going to take the Cougs as well. Uh, I think uh, Mike Leach will bounce back from that loss pretty well. You got an itchy back, bro. You good? Yeah, it's – oh, man, it's irritating me right now. But, yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> you sure? You want me to come over there and scratch your back? No, I'm I'm good. Don't worry. All right, man. I mean – all right. A, uh, U of A, Oregon. We're both taking Oregon. Let's be real. <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's be real on that one. Yeah, U of A has turned into a dumpster fire. No, uh, they've is always Colorado been one. Playing? No, no, they got the week off. Okay. I think, unless I skipped it. No, no, that's it. Just another five games. Yeah, five games. Okay. All right, so Big Ten. Let's get into it. Um, we've been talking a lot of stats and all that, so let, let's kind of lead off the Big Ten with uh, with the news. And you, you texted me. Let, me. let me go into it. Let me just read what you texted me. Let's see. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, Are you talking about why I wanted to cover why there was a lot of news with that? Text? Yeah, let's see. Okay. Because um, there is. All right, so Rutgers getting Shiano back. What did you want to talk about there? So uh, there you have for surely got Shiano back, so don't don't be uh, going too far on the limb there. But, um, Dude, I'm literally reading what you texted me. I said I'm literally reading Rutgers getting Shiano back, question mark. Yeah, like it's questionable. Okay, whatever, dude. All right, what do you got? Well, so Shiano um, was the was the head coach that brought them into the pack or not the pack. My bad, the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. He's the reason why they're in the Big Ten, and I, I think the last time they were actually winning was when he was coaching them. Uh, I think he's a he's a great head coach. He was under Urban Meyer at uh, OSU for a little bit. Uh, was supposed to take the Tennessee job. I don't know if you remember my rant when we on our first episode when I talked about this. Uh, he was literally a pretty much sent someone to take the Tennessee job. Went to go, uh, got leaked out to the press that he was going to take it. 
and all the Tennessee fans uh, shunned him out because he as at Penn State during the uh, whole Sandusky thing. Yeah. And someone had said that that they had told him what was going on. And he okay, so anything. all these great facts about Shiano and coming back to Rutgers and we'll make Rutgers relevant again. Do you really think a head coach is going to make that program that ever since they've came to the Big Ten, their doormat is really going to make them relevant again? Oh, 100%. He, he's a, a different type of coach. He's, he's kind of an old school coach where uh, he pretty much takes no shit from no one. Uh, if you saw him, you kind of you think that he had some uh, extra cooker activities going on, but um, I, I just think, I don't, I don't think I, he'll, I don't think he'll make him like win a Big Ten championship by any means, but he'd definitely make them like an Illinois where it's not like oh you're gonna go in there and just beat the shit out of him like no you're you're gonna go in there and it's gonna be a battle. Uh, maybe it's hard to, I I don't see it happening. I don't I don't see recruits, especially in the Big Ten. I mean, you have big programs in the Big Ten. You got Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Um, Wisconsin, Iowa, eventually, maybe in the next century, Nebraska. You got these programs that people are going to go to to compete for national titles. I don't think they go to Rutgers just so they can beat, you know, they can take down Michigan State on an off night. I'm not saying he would ever get, like, high recruits. I'm just saying that he can coach. (sighs) You can have a good coach at a bad program, and you're still going to get bad results. All right, so I'm pulling up his stats right now. Hang on here. I mean – I just I don't see it, man. I don't I don't see Rutgers. So so okay. So, what's Rutgers' record right now? I don't know, like zero and eight. No, like, <laughs> I think they have one win. Maybe. Let me see. All right, let me let me pull them up. Rutgers two and seven. Okay, hang on. Four, five. So in the eleven years he coached at Rutgers, guess how many losing seasons he had? Probably very few. He had four. Okay, where was Rutgers before the Big Ten? Uh, exactly. You don't even know the conference. Hang on here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was like the American Conference or something like that. Uh, I it doesn't show it on here. But anyways, it doesn't matter if you're if you're if you're going to use conference as a as a scapegoat here. He was a part. Of a crappy Rutgers team. And yeah, but I mean, he, they weren't. I mean, they weren't. Even crappy. in 2006, you just said they're crappy. Well, they were in the American Athletic Conference. The okay. American Athletic Conference. You know who else is in that conference? <laughs> Princeton. <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't. They're playing juggernauts out there. No, <laughs> I'm, dude. I'm just you're going saying, from playing like you're going after him, but you're. You're also not. You're coming from that. okay. You know who else is in the American Athletic Conference right now is is Appalachian State. And yes, they beat a crappy South Carolina SEC team, but they beat a Georgia team. Okay, so all right, so Appalachian he's State is national five, championships. He's, he's also five and one in bowl games too. Five and one. Yeah, uh, I would be curious to see. Okay, so that does kind of alter my 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 thing a bit, but so it, so here's his AP rankings. Uh, so in 2006, they went 11 and two. His highest AP rating was seven. He was ranked seventh in the country. He finished the season ranked 12th. Uh, then going to 2007 season, came in ranked 16th, got ranked 10th, the highest. And then I don't think he finished ranked. Now correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think I remember that 2006 season is that his two losses were to like actual formidable opponents. 
He was beating the crap out of like lower level teams like you should if you want to be a good team, but I think his two losses came against like formidable opponents that year. Uh, so give me a second here. Uh, I mean, the gist of what I'm trying to get at is Rutgers just playing higher level opponents now. I mean, they're playing, you know, they're in the same conference as arguably the greatest offensive team that we have seen in college football. If you're paying attention to Ohio State, and we're about to get into it, Ohio State is arguably the greatest offense that college football has ever seen this year. They're putting up the best numbers. Um, they have a dynamic duo in J.K. Dobbins and Dwayne Haskins. Or not Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Justin Fields. Thank you. Justin Fields. Um, I just <sighs> – I don't see them becoming relevant. I I, def, I see them staying down there with like Maryland and Indiana and right now Nebraska. I see them at the bottom of the Big Ten. No matter who they get, aside from like Urban Meyer or somebody, someone a coach that yeah, kids want to go play for. That the, I'm not going to argue that they're. Uh, uh, what should we call it? They're, they're going to win a Big Ten championship, but but he is a great head coach who can get Rutgers you, on You can coach season. all day, man. You, you can you can be a great coach all you want, but the problem is is that you could put me and you out there and we are held by like Urban Meyer or somebody and it's, that's not going to elevate us to national championship caliber. We'd still get steamrolled by Alabama. So it doesn't you know, good coaching is one thing, but I think one thing that has stayed consistent between me and you that we agree on is that you have to have good recruits, you have to have good talent, and you have to have a good football team to be able to compete at a national level. And so I don't think Rutgers getting a coach like that, like, yes, he, he's a great coach and he has great records, but I don't think it's going to elevate Rutgers to a national level. So his, most of his bowl games were against um – Kind of lower level opponents, but in 2011, his last bowl game that he won, he played Iowa State and beat them. Yeah, I, that's good. All right, so enough on that. Let's, let's get into that. If, if Greg, if I'm just saying you're not respecting Greg Sean like the way he should be. No, I don't respect I, I, Sean. I don't think they're. I don't. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't think that. All I don't right, see so your next one. Gonna, <laughs> I don't think you're catching on, man. I'm trying to move on because I I, I don't think Shiano <laughs> is going to be a great hire. Um, I think he is. I think he's gonna. Put, he's at least gonna make records somewhat rele- relevant. He's my eight and six. My, no, 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 man. My <laughs> my eight and six record of picking stuff definitely uh, disagrees with you. So, <laughs> 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 all right. So You're the next seven, thing that you wanted to no eight and six. Uh, my math was a little off. All right. So the next thing oh, that you okay. wanted to talk about was um, so leave the Pac twelve stuff for for after this. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm already way ahead of you, bud. All right, so Penn State and Ohio State in the college football playoff. I think we can take Penn State out of that. Oh, yeah, we can take it out now. Yeah, so Ohio State in the college football playoff. I think with the question with that, with Ohio State getting in the college football playoff, the rankings that will come out on Tuesday, do you think Ohio State will be ranked higher than LSU? Do you think that they I stay think, the I number think- one team? I think they stay number one because if you remember last year, uh, Notre Dame, to end this season, since they're independent, they didn't have a conference championship. But the CFB still kept them in the – I think they were number four. I can't remember what number they were exactly. Yeah, but Yeah, they are number four. 
Yeah, they think they they kept them at number four because they didn't fault that that game against them. Um, I the only problem I see with Ohio State being ranked higher than LSU is I don't think LSU is a better football team but what I think is is that the college football playoff is on the SEC nuts so hard that they beat Alabama they kind of took control of the SEC they took control of their destiny and if LSU wins out by the way, Alabama will not be in the SEC championship game. That they're going to hold that higher than the seventy-three points that Ohio State put up. And I think what those, you know, LSU put up forty-six on Alabama today, but they also allowed forty-one. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, seventy-three fourteen. Had a pretty hard schedule though coming into this. So I, I think they did have a good. And I'm not knocking LSU at all. Like I'm not. I'm not pushing. LSU off of that they had a great win and they had a great showing against a very tough Alabama team. But what I'm saying is I think Ohio State overall is a better football program and a better football team this year than LSU. And I think that they deserve the number one ranking until they prove that they're not. And so they have a close game against an opponent. And Ohio State has not had a close game all year. They haven't. I yeah, think I, 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 disagree. I think Ohio State's a better team. I'm not no, I'm Ohio, just yeah. Ohio State. <laughs> don't take my beer. Ohio, Ohio State is a better football team. Ohio State is 100% the number one team in the nation until they're proved differently because of they get shown a weakness. And I don't think anybody's shown a weakness against Ohio State. Nobody. Nobody has given a weakness out. And LSU has been exposed a couple times. You know, they, they've been in some close games and they've won them. And I, I will give them total props on what they do. But I, I I don't see Ohio State being the number two team. And if they do, no, it just either. proves your and I's theory of the SEC will always reign true. Yeah, I tell you that all the time. I, don't, I think Ohio State is a better team 100%. But I think what Ryan Day has to keep doing is absolutely slaughtering teams to keep them relevant. Yeah, like it's 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 gonna be kind of like a Clemson type thing. I think that's why Clemson's outside looking in is because they aren't slaughtering teams the way that Ohio State is. Like like we talked about uh, last week or a couple weeks ago when Ohio State played Wisconsin, they only put up thirty eight points against them, but against the Wisconsin defense, that's pretty damn good. Number one defense in the country. That's like yeah. putting up seventy three against Maryland. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that was like exactly our example too. Is like putting up thirty eight against Wisconsin is like putting up seventy some against Maryland. So, yeah. I mean that's, I I think that puts that one to rest. Penn State out. They I don't think they have a way back in. No, I don't think so either. But I think they do have a chance to fight for another uh, like high end bowl. I, uh, think, I think they'll I think go you, to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I don't think you can kick them out completely. No, like, you can kick them out of the college football playoff, but you can't keep them out of that top ten. No, so I one thing that you didn't put in here, but while we're on the college football playoff, I do want to talk about really quick is Minnesota. How legitimate is their college football playoff resume after beating Penn State today, thirty six twenty one? I think they have a stronger chance, but I think to solidify their uh, college football playoff spot, they need to be Ohio State. So their remaining schedule, they got Iowa, they got Wisconsin, and they got uh, – who's that lowest – or Northwestern. 
All right, so they have Northwestern, they got Iowa, and they got Wisconsin. They went out, they got 12-0. and They go to the Big Ten Championship game, and they beat Ohio State. Obviously, they're in, right? Yeah, 100%. I think they, they lose to Ohio like State in overtime by a field goal. Do they get in? Uh, I don't think they get into the uh, CFB, but I think that they take Penn State's spot, the Rose Bowl. Okay, so with that being said, I, I like we agree on this, but just for the sake of argument, why would a Minnesota team who has handled business 12-0 and lose by, say, a field goal in overtime to the best team in the country not get a shot at the college football playoff, but people are still talking about Georgia and Alabama who have zero shot to make the SEC championship game because LSU and... I think Georgia is part of the East. I think Georgia has a chance because Georgia... And oh, yeah, Alabama, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so, Georgia and Alabama played one year. Okay, and, so why are the people then... Why do people talk about Alabama losing on their home turf to LSU still have a shot to make it in the college football playoff, but then a team like Minnesota, who's taking care of business, lose by three points have zero shots making in the college football playoff. Like why why do you think it is that way other than ESPN loves the SEC? Uh resume. If you look at Nick Saban, he's perf- he's been in the college football playoff every year. Yeah, because they give him a shot. So why not no, give Minnesota saying, a though. shot? It's, it's, is he has a, a a resume and a reputation. So they know that if they put him in there, he's going to at least win one game if not the championship. Um I, 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 besides the bias, I think that's the only thing you can really say is you have to look at the coach. Uh, yeah, so I the reason I asked that is I had a feeling you were going to say about the coach, and another thing I want to talk about was P.J. Fleck. Um, and that's all you said was P.J. Fleck. Like, all right, what, what are you talking about there about P.J. Fleck? I definitely put contract extension on there. No, P.J. Fleck. Well, then and then the very next up. line, Rutgers getting channel back, question mark. P.J. Fleck. Oh, okay, so... Um, as a, as in case you don't know, Florida State fired Willie Taggart and has a massive buyout. I don't know if you saw how much his buyout is. Uh-uh. It's like twenty something million dollars. Jesus. Yeah. Can and I? And one thing I kind of like le- <laughs> one thing I kind of learned was over the past week is the school doesn't pay the buyout. The people that pay the buyout are the boosters. So I didn't know that. So pretty much Florida State saying, hey. Even though you're a third-year coach and this is your second year, uh, we're not going to move on with you anymore. And once that happened, Florida State, even though it is Florida State, is still a very reputable uh, job. And a lot of talks about P.J. Fleck came up, especially with the USC job. And I think Minnesota realized, like, hey, like, if we don't act now, we're going to end up missing out on uh, P.J. Fleck because he's going to get a bigger offer at another school. So but in all re- in all reality, I don't think as we're seeing this past week, kind of the the whole state of Minnesota. I don't think PJ Flex is going to leave Minnesota anytime soon. I think he has a chance to, but I don't think he's going to. I, I he's not going anywhere. Um, and I, I've said this for a while uh, to you, especially when we we're talking about USC head coaches, uh, and you know what the rumors going around with with that school. Um, uh, P.J. Fleck is not leaving Minnesota anytime soon. He's well, yeah, he, he just signed a seven-year extension. I, I 
well, the reason I say that is because I said that even before that extension was signed is that that dude is not leaving Minnesota. He's a god over there. And like we just said, I mean, the whole state's rallying behind that school right now, you know, with the, with their days, you know, work, you know, works being like where, you know, the, the gold and crimson or whatever their gay ass colors are. And yeah. And then, um, I don't know if you saw, but there was a video of a high school. They had, a like a PJ Fleck lookalike and he, and he was, uh, yeah. and you saw it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I, the, the, the whole state's rallying behind PJ Fleck. So, you know, you, you got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, and you know, talking about one coach in PJ Fleck that really has a state rally behind him. Your next point, is Nebraska fans slowly going away from Frost? And I feel like you put this in there as a question to me, and so I'm going to take head on this. Okay, yeah, you go ahead, and I'll, I'll tell you why I said it. Yeah, yeah. So on that, Nebraska fans slowly going away from Frost. Is there – I think there's a big anxious feeling in the state of Nebraska when it comes to Scott Frost of is he the right guy for the job? But I don't think his anxiousness as of we don't think he is, we're afraid he's not. Does that make sense? Like, did I word that right? Like, we're, we're not afraid that he's not the right guy, or we're afraid that he's not the right guy, not that we think he's not. Yeah. Because I think as a fan base, we want to think that Scott Frost is the absolute end-all, be-all for Nebraska football. Uh, we were super ecstatic to get him. I think my wife can attest to it that I think I went streaking down my street when I found out that we signed Scott Frost, that with him in danger of his first two years posting an 8-16 and 16 record as a head coach, it, it has us worried because it goes back to, to my point from last week. If Scott Frost can't get it on in Nebraska, who the fuck can't? You know, like Tom Osborne isn't coming back. Bob Devaney isn't coming back, you know, seeing as he's six feet under. Um, I I don't know who we'd bring in. You know, we're, we're not going to pull Urban Meyer out of, out, of, out of the studio at Fox. We're not going to pull – we're not going to pull any, any big names in. So I think that's where the angst of Scott Frost comes from, not from us just – being ready to kick him to the curb we're just afraid that we're going to back him too long and we're going to end up like 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 records yeah in a hole that we can't get out of and i think that's where we're at right now me personally and me as i would almost say an expert analysis on nebraska football with how much i pay attention to them uh, scott frost will write the ship he will get us to where nebraska football wants to be so well, so, yeah, so the reason why I asked you that is because uh, on Twitter, I've seen a lot of uh, kind of like how we were talking about today with Saban. I've seen a lot of uh, subtweets going on, kind of pretty much sounding like they're kind of fed up with the uh, the whole coaching staff and uh, Scott Frost himself. And I just thought it was kind of interesting, so I wanted to kind of send you a uh, a text to kind of see uh, if you've heard anything on the podcast you've listened to, or if you've kind of seen anything. Uh, but I do think Scott Frost uh, can get you guys the right direction. I just think he needs to kind of reevaluate his staff and figure out what scheme he really wants to work with because he still has an, at least another year after this year with Mike Riley's recruits. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that he has to look at 
in Nebraska is that 3-4 defense. And I don't know. History history will always say the 3-4 the defense doesn't work in Lincoln. I mean, we won five national championships with a 4-3 defense. Switch over to 3-4 defense and – Look what happened. We've missed three straight bowls. Eric Chander is not the answer defensive coordinator. I I will never come onto this podcast and call for Scott Frost's head, ever. It will not happen. Put that in writing. I will call for Eric Chander's head. Eric Chander is not a good defensive coordinator. I don't think he's the answer. You know, you can be a subpar defensive coordinator and win at schools like UCF where you're putting up your defenses or your offense is putting up 60 points a game. But when you go into the Big Ten, and historically you have to win a game nine to six, you have to win with defenses. It's not going to happen, Eric. I'm sorry. You, you're not the answer at defense. So those are things I've been hearing in, in the Nebraska world is we need to reevaluate our defense because where we won a lot of national championships and where we were the team in the 90s, where there wasn't a team that came into Lincoln and didn't walk out with – you know, their heads in the ground or leaving on stretchers was because of that defense. So no one's really calling for Scott Frost's head except for those ignorant Nebraska fans that have been Nebraska fans for, you know, two weeks. But us diehards that have been behind this team since the early 90s and through the, the Bill Callahan days and the Mike Riley days, we're not calling for Scott's head because we know that he is the answer head coach. We're calling for Eric's head. Uh, I think he needs a new defensive coordinator. All right, so now that we've uh, – that should be all the talking points for the Big Ten. Uh, you, uh, had, you had Northwestern, but – Okay, mean, yeah, so we, we kind of talked about this offline, but um, – they, they were the, they were averaging less than 10 points a game, and they put up 22 against Purdue, so they kind of righted the ship there. Yeah, we'll see how they finish, but they could be the first college football team in NCAA history to ever finish the season scoring under 10 points a game – under 10 points. Uh, well, Northwestern has a tough schedule, so. <laughs> and, I mean, they do. I mean, I'm not they even They lost just, to one of the worst Pac-12 teams to start the year. Yeah, and I'm not even just saying that as just trying to be funny or catch a laugh. I mean, the rest of their schedule, if I was if I was Penn State, I'd be kind of kind of afraid. Just take, I mean, other than UMass. I, I think they're going to put up points against UMass. But, I mean, I mean, just destroyed UMass today. I mean, they got Minnesota and Illinois, two teams that are easily going to come in there and they're easily going to win the football game, so. They, so what they, game you what game you want to start with for our, uh, for the Big Ten? I mean, it's pretty simple. Let's start with the number one team in the nation and the best college football team that I've seen in years in Ohio State, putting up seventy three on Maryland. All right, so let's break this down. Um, we actually only watched uh, probably like a couple highlights of this. I mean, unless you watched, it, I didn't get to watch it. Yeah, I was, I was, I was switching between that one and then the uh, uh, the the first game. Uh, fuck, God, what game was it? Purdue. No, it wasn't Purdue. Hold on. It was a Big Ten game. Oh, the game that we're that I'm really excited to get into, Penn State, Minnesota. Okay, yeah, so. We'll get into Maryland, Ohio State. Uh, it looks like uh, Ohio State had th- their third-string quarterback come in. Oh, yeah, dude. No, they were – dude, they were done at halftime. They were up 42 nothing at halftime. Uh, yeah, so the, the, the box score is 21-21. <laughs> 10 21 yeah no they, they were they were lighting it up justin fields 16 25 200 yards three touchdowns had a qbr of 94.3 and then the backups combined uh went 10 for 13 for 121 yards if my master is correctly 122 yeah 122 yards teague 
uh, went for 111 yards while J.K. Dobbins only went for 90 yards, but J.K. had two touchdowns. Um, they had 383 yards on the ground. Uh, just a complete offensive domination. domination, offensive performance against a team that started out hot, went cold. We talked about them last week with Maryland. Um, yeah, so uh, Mar- I'll, I'll cover Maryland's stats. Uh, Maryland's QBs, uh, 8 of 17, because two of them were in. 77 yards, 4.1. Golly, words are hard. 4.5 average, uh, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, How about a combined story, QBR of 1.3? Uh, the, the combined QBR is... 1.3.5, uh, I round yeah, down because right. it's fucking yeah, Maryland. You, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize you were, you were doing averages. Uh, the biggest story coming out of Ohio State today was the Chase Young story, and yes, Chase Young. I just think, I, I mean, I, I just disagree with the NCAA so much. But pretty much what happened was he, four games, as of right now. But the Ohio State's supposed to uh, appeal it this week, and so they should know this week what the actual suspension will be. But what happened was they played in the Rose Bowl last year, and Chase Young wanted his girlfriend to come out there and had no money because he's a student athlete. Got money from a family friend or a family member, one of the two. That happens to be an NFLPA. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's an agent. Oh, okay. <laughs> Paid for the flight uh-huh. for her to come out there. Uh-huh. Paid the person back. Uh-huh. And now he's going to be suspended, suspended for four games. But this is kind of interesting because it happens during the time that the Memphis uh, number one overall pick has projected yep. gets suspended indefinitely for the season. And played. Yeah, because so he played because – I actually had to look this up because it was confusing as hell to me. He played because they had they didn't have enough players uh, to run the system without him. And so they, the NCLA, I, I, I don't understand it, but it was just, yeah. yeah he, so he has one game this season at least. The whole thing with Chase Young, I think the biggest problem that comes in with Chase Young is that it was, if it was like a family friend, like if my son or say my, my nephew, like my sister's kid was playing at college and he asked me for a loan and I gave him say $2,000 and he paid me back, that wouldn't be an issue because I'm not an NFL agent. But the fact that the person he took money from was an NFL agent is where the NCAA really takes, you know, and he's not a family member. He said family friend. So I could say, I I could tell you right now and be like, oh, Matt Leiner is a family friend of mine. That's why I took money from him to move my family out to USC. But, you know, I can say he's a family friend, but is he really? No, he's just who I'm saying. So that's, that's where kind of like the story gets murky. And the NCAA really has to take that into effect. And I think that's why the four-game suspension is kind of warranted because he said family friend, but he's an NFL agent. Let's be real. You know what I mean? So, like, they're they're kind of seeing through the bullshit on that one. So, I, I think either, that's either where – we got a we got a final score of 73 to 14. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, complete devastation. So, moving on to your favorite team in the Big Ten, Purdue Northwestern. Northwestern finally puts up over 10 points. Uh, they lose 22-24. But at halftime, they were up 16-7. to seven. So uh, that's something to hang your hat on. And what team did you choose this week? Northwestern. <laughs> and what team did I choose? I chose Purdue. Yeah, well, yeah, give me the spread. 
And also, I don't know if you saw this, but Purdue was out there without their starting QB. Yep, yep, he was out. Um, dominant second half from Purdue. Um, I think when you talk about surprising teams in the Big Ten, you can talk about Illinois all day, you can talk about Minnesota, but I think the most surprising team, and not for a good reason, is Northwestern. Northwestern won the Big Ten West last year. They, they, they were in the Big Ten championship game. They competed with Ohio State, and now look at them. They're 1-8. and eight. They have a and real shot at no going. No wins in conference. Yeah, and they have a real shot at going winless in the conference and finishing out the season 2-10 and 10 because they're going to, let's be real, UMass got dominated by Army today. That bad. Yeah, no, it, bad, 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 bad. So, yeah. so, so if you want a, to get get into the stats, I I really don't care. I kind of want to get into these next two games. So if you want to go over the stats, go ahead. Yeah, I'll get into stats real quick. Uh, Purdue's starting QB was out, so Adrian O'Connell took over, 34-50, 271, 2-2. Two two. Uh, QBR is 69.7. Not bad. Not bad enough. Uh, Northwestern had Aiden Smith, 19-31, 184, 2-1. 45 point 40 48.5 qbr god we're so hard <laughs> produce rushing attack just you okay over to, there ugh, i'm tired man <laughs> produce rushing attack is just it's just okay i guess you could say not really there um but northwestern holy cow uh mick gowan oh, i got my glasses on had 17 carries for 146 yards you wear glasses yeah, I wear glasses all the time. Usually when we do this, I can read the screen. Dude, I've never seen you wear glasses. I've worn glasses every time I come over here. No, you haven't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. You're lying. I promise you. I got them right before I got out. Because my freaking vision was like uh, 2060. Like I couldn't read the the little thing on no, the no. SRP thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can honestly tell you I've never seen you wear glasses over here. I've worn them every time I come over here. Nah, I have. I promise you. Anyway, so <laughs> Purdue comes out with the win, twenty-four to twenty-two. Uh, you go ahead and go into the next one. Yeah. So next game, Illinois, Washington, or Illinois, Michigan State. Words are hard. Um, <laughs> Illinois capped the the biggest comeback in school history of twenty-five points to win 37-34. We watched the end of this game, and I remember my son screaming at us because we were screaming at the TV, so excited that our pick came true and Illinois beat them to go bowling. And Lovey Smith, again, proving what you and I have kept saying is that he has Illinois relevant. I wouldn't say a Big Ten like foe or a team that, that can go big in – the they're 10, they're the Oregon State of the Big Ten, pretty much. Where it, you, nah, you're gonna, I'd say they're it's more like the Washington fight. State, like a team that that could come out and compete, but we'll still drop a game or two. Um, have a good coach, a good nucleus of a team, good freshmen, good sophomores. They got good recruits coming in. Kind of got to get the cancers that were out there that really plagued Illinois and in, in the beginning years, uh, especially in Lovey Smith's first year. So. For them to go bowling is, is a big win for for the state of Illinois. Um, but I just think overall being on the road, down 25 points, and then coming to win I think shows a lot about that football team and how they've bought into Levy Smith's philosophy. So the one thing I didn't know before I just look at this, they scored 27 points in that fourth quarter. Yeah, they were down by 25. They were, no, I get that. They were, like they were down by – yeah, they were, they were down by uh, – 
Actually, they I think they were down by 27 um, going in. Um, the the largest comeback at before that was uh, was 25 points, and they overcame it. And it's the biggest comeback in Illinois football history. So shows a lot of resiliency and a lot of good coaching on Lovey Smith's on Lovey Smith's part, and how he has really got that team to buy into his philosophy and. Uh, I'm excited to see who they play in the bowl game. Uh, maybe if they win their next two games and maybe get to eight wins, they get a good bowl game. They got Iowa and Northwestern. They got Iowa on the road and, uh, they got Northwestern at home. So they're at least going to get to seven wins, uh, against Northwestern. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if they can shock the nation and beat Iowa, I'd be happy because that means Iowa, Limson and Nebraska, but, um, who knows? I mean, they get to eight wins. They play a good team, like a good SEC team or a good Pac-12 team and beat them. Who knows what recruits they get in there, and then all of a sudden you're talking about them competing and maybe uh, knock down Ohio State next year. Yes, yeah, so we got uh, Illinois' quarterback who looked – that last play of the game was pretty awesome. They How finally rolled him out. They finally rolled him out of the pocket, and look what happens. Game-winning touchdown with five yeah, seconds Brent, to go. Brent, Brandon Peters, twenty-two of forty-two, three six nine. I like that Peters kid. He's good. Uh, three touchdowns, one interception. Can you actually look and see if he's a senior? Yeah, I was actually just looking at that right now. No, he is a junior, so he'll be back next. Okay, year. he'll be back next so year. They got, so they got more to build on. That's what I'm talking about. Look out for Illinois next year. Uh, then uh, Reggie Corbin. That's so Illinois' rushing attack, pretty much not there. Um, no, it was all through the air tonight. Yeah, pretty. Pretty sad rushing yards. Uh, they had a team total of thirty. Yo, what's yards. that? What's that receiver's name? Josh Ibanabebe. Yeah. Okay. Bless you. He had four catches for <laughs> one hundred seventy-eight yards for two touchdowns. Jesus H. Christ, man, that dude. That dude's a yeah, monster. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was either a five-star or a high four-star when he came out of high school. When USC got him. Yeah, he's a USC transfer, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now we'll go on to the Michigan State offensive side. Uh, we got Brian LeWork, 1936-251. Yeah. One touchdown, three interceptions. So pretty much the oh. flip stats of Brandon Peters there. Oh, Brutal. Then, uh, but he had a higher QBR than Brandon Peters. Yeah, I don't understand how QBRs work, uh, to it, be honest with you. It goes, it goes off efficiency, and I mean – I guess in game time situations, that's why Michigan State was winning the game there for a while. Lewerke looked better. Um, those three picks, I would almost guess one of those came on like a like a hail mary type situation or something like that. Yeah, uh, um, that that would be my guess. Uh, I like I said, I caught as much as the game as you did, so like I think we caught like the fourth quarter of Illinois coming back. Yeah, that's pretty much about it. So, but uh, we'll go into Michigan State's rushing. Uh, Elijah Collins, holy cow, 28 yep. carries, 170 yards. That's how Michigan average. State wins games, man. And two touchdowns. They, they um, haven't had a quarterback there since Connor Cook. Or, yeah, Connor Cook? Yeah, because Connor, Connor Shaw was at uh, South Carolina. Yeah, Connor Cook was, I think, the last good quarterback to come out of Michigan State. And I don't know. Here's my question. Michigan State, 4-5, and 2-4 and four in the conference. Mike D'Antoni on his way out? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, Michigan State hasn't been right since Connor Cook. Yeah, but I think the Big Ten's kind of one of those conferences where they 
their fa- their fans are more loyal to the the process than most. Because if you if you look at it, most Big Ten coaches are usually in spot for a hot minute, and they usually have they usually have to mess up pretty big or have a continual mess up to come out. And yeah, you can argue Mike D'Antoni has a continual mess up, but I think D'Antonio, Mike D'Antoni is head coach in the NBA. Mike D'Antonio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whatever. So I I think I think he stays. Um, but I just think that he's gonna have to start improving soon i think next year he's on the hot seat i think they put him on the hot seat next year i i can agree with that i just like i said i think the big 10 fan bases and the way that the schools work for the most part is they try to keep their coaches as long as they can because they understand it's a process and they understand they're not going to get the top recruits like these other uh, schools are unless you're ohio state yes because i mean Uh, when you have boosters paying for players and paying the ncaa to give you immediate eligibility I'll, uh, fucking fuck that dude. All right, so let's get into the big game in the Big Ten. Let's really let's get into the the big surprise. I think that's where it really comes in is the big surprise because we both go back. Did we both pick Penn State for this game? Uh, I know I did because I'm I was riding Penn State till they lost. Yeah, you're you're riding Penn State's dick all the way to the the national championship game. Yeah, we both picked Penn State. Yeah, so. This is this is I think the only time I will ever admit to be happy that I was wrong, because I'm I'm a big underdog guy. I love the underdogs winning. I always root for the underdogs. And now that Minnesota's nine and zero, they control their destiny to the college football playoff. And thirty one twenty six, a lot closer of a score than it was a game minnesota dominated this football game and i remember i was eating lunch with megan tea the the game was on and we were eating lunch and she kept saying oh minnesota's winning this is crazy and i was like minnesota is leaving the door open way too much minnesota had a chance to put their foot on their throat and crush minnesota the entire game or crush Penn state the entire game. And they kept leaving the door open, kept leaving Penn state, let them hang around, let them be there. At one point they were up 24 to 24 to 10 or 21 to 10 with the ball on like the seven yard line. I was like, if they score a touchdown here, Penn state's done. And they, they only get to a field goal. And at that point I was like, this is, this is going to come down to the last possession. And sure enough, it did. It came down to an interception with a minute to go. Okay. And, I just I Minnesota had a chance to really put this game away and just coast to an easy victory and really make a statement to the college football playoff because the ranked seventeen by them, Penn State ranked number four, I would almost make the argument that these two should flip flop. I think Minnesota should be in the college football playoff because when you have a resume like Minnesota where people are questioning are you legitimate, are you legitimate, are you legitimate? And then you beat the number four team in the nation on your home turf with as dominant of a win as they did, even though the score's not that close. You got to put them in. You got to show them that respect. I, I think that they jump over 10 spots. I think my prediction is right around six or seven in these new playoff rankings that come out. But their, I think, unpopular prediction, I think they're my dark horse to crash the college football playoff along with Baylor. I think them two 
if they take care of business, they can crash the the, the college football playoff this year. Okay, you want to go over uh, stats? Because I mean, it looked like there were some crazy stats there. I, the the craziest stat that I saw was Clifford throwing three picks. I mean, the kid is is good. He's an NFL prospect, and Penn State came out flat. I mean, first drive they throw an interception, and then throws an interception in the first half, and then throws one there to end the game. After he begged and pleaded the training staff, he got hurt uh, right before they gave back um, gave Minnesota back the football. And Minnesota goes three and out. He comes out of a uh, little training tent or whatever, a little jerk, circle jerk tent, comes out like a man on a mission, says, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. And they're like, all right, Clifford, you're in. He goes in, drives his team down the field, and then with a minute to go throws probably the worst pass that I've seen him throw all year and ends the game, throws an interception. So, I mean – I. That's really the only outlandish stat that I see other than uh, Morgan, 18-20 for three touchdowns. I mean, just looked like – 339 yards. Yeah, and he's sophomore. Let me see really quick. Tanner Morgan is a sophomore, yeah. So Minnesota's going to have him, and he came out against a pretty good defense and really just showed that, hey, I'm for real. And really looked like one of the top sophomore quarterbacks in the Big Ten. And 339 yards, three touchdowns, a QBR of 98.1. When, you know, the, the Minnesota trio of Smith, Brooks, and Ibrahim uh, went for 117? Yeah, 117 yards. So the rushing attack was there, but it's not there like it's been there all year. Um and then I think one of the names that wasn't a household name that became a household name today was uh, Bateman. Bateman, 66-yard touchdown catch uh, right after the interception. And Bateman runs this – they run like this fake screen, and they pump faked it, and Penn State safety was, was late to get over to the sideline, and Bateman just runs down the sideline like a bat out of hell. And – from that point, as soon as I saw him score that touchdown, uh, I remember telling myself, I was like, Minnesota just won this football game because they, they had all the momentum. They're at home. And I don't know. It was just a good football game, man. Like, I, I, could, I could literally talk about this football game for the next hour. Like, this was one of the best football games I've seen in a while, and I'm really so he happy. Had, he had seven receptions for 203 yards. Yeah. yeah. That should be the biggest stat right there. Yeah, he was uh, – what was it? 12, yeah, he was 12 yards away from setting the single-game Minnesota record. Damn. Uh, one game we didn't get to cut, we didn't talk about, we kind of skipped over, was the um, Iowa and Wisconsin game. Uh, see, that's why I hate the Big Ten, man. You, you get you get matchups like this, uh, Iowa-Wisconsin, big matchup. People forget about it because they didn't put up big numbers. Uh, Wisconsin won 24-22, and – that's actually a super high score. That If you would have told me the over-under for that game was 46, I would have bet the under all day. All day I would have bet the under, and I would have lost. I guess that's why I'm 8-5. But uh, You're 8-6, you said. Whatever, dude. It's not your fucking 11-5 record that you got over there. So it's, uh, it is what it is. Okay, Sam, lucky. Um yeah, Wisconsin coming out. It looked like for a little bit, though, that Iowa was going to come out. And, uh, uh, I think we watched, what, the first quarter of it? We didn't watch very much of it. 
No, it, it was a boring game. I'm not going to yeah, lie to you. Not. If you, <laughs> you know, we had other games that were on at the same time that were really good football games, and this one was it was a typical Big Ten football game. It was boring. Speaking of good football games, have you uh, seen the score for Iowa State and Oklahoma? No. You should uh, check it out. Uh, 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 they just scored, so all I got to do is kick the PAT, and they're tied 42-42. Go, oh, <laughs> Iowa State. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to put this one on. I'm going I'm to turn it on really quick. Go ahead. Go ahead with your little. Okay. So, uh, Iowa's passing. We got uh, Nate Stanley, 17-26, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Torin Young, Iowa rushing. Nine carries, 44 yards. Uh, Wisconsin's passing. Jake Cohn, 16-25, 173. Two touchdowns, one interception. Holy cow. Did you see Jonathan Taylor's rushing yards? Uh, probably a lot. Uh, I'm going to let you try to guess, and then I'm going to say. I'm going to say, let's see. Last time I looked was in the second quarter. He had 125, so I'm going to say just south of 200. 250 yards. Yep. Oh, my God, <laughs> dude. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. He had 31 carries for 250 yards. His Give that eight. man the Heisman. His average is 8.1 yards a carry. Dude, what channel is this game on? Uh, Fox. Is that on Fox? All right. Yeah. Um, dude, but, yeah, holy cow. Cyclones. Um, so, yeah, so Wisconsin coming out on top, 24-22. Um, so now we'll go into our predictions. Okay. Which I'll pull up since you want to be a lazy piece of shit. Oh, sorry. I just pull them up every other single fucking time. So about time we do something around here. Well, I also got to write down the predictions too because you can't no, do that. No, I write Too hard for you. So first game, <laughs> um, I'm just going to, I already know what you're going to choose, but I'm going to say it anyways. Ohio State versus Rutgers. I'm gonna take Rutgers. No, I'm just kidding, man. I'm no, just taking. No, I'm taking Ohio State. Dude. No, I'm taking Ohio State by seventy. Jesus. I'm also gonna take Ohio State. That should be an embarrassing game. Wisconsin and Nebraska. Who you got? Hold on. Let Iowa State just lost. They missed the two point conversion or something. Yeah, they went for two. All right, well. Uh, so let me hear Wisconsin, your prediction. Nebraska. Let me hear yours. For Wisconsin, Nebraska? Yep. You'd have to be a retard not to choose, uh, not to choose uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> Take a Nebraska. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Lock it in. It's already locked in. Yep. Lock it in 100%. And I have a reason. We'll get into it after the rest of the predictions. Just come back to it. Okay, well, we still got some Pac-12 news we got to cover, too. Uh, Michigan State, Michigan. This is always a good game. This one's kind of hard. Where is it at? Uh, Ann Arbor. Michigan. Ooh. Man, I don't want to choose them, but I will. I'm going Michigan, too. Uh, all right, here comes another good one. Okay. This is actually a pretty, actually a pretty good matchup. Uh, Minnesota and Iowa. It's in Iowa, isn't it? Yes, sir. I'm taking Minnesota. I'm taking I'm taking Flecken, Minnesota. All right. Well, we're going 
Many together. Yeah, boy. All right, next game should be UMass and Northwestern. Battle of the one-win teams. Ooh. Go it's ahead. In, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's in North. <laughs> it's in Northwestern. Yeah, isn't it sad that we're talking about a Big Ten team in UMass and we're having trouble picking the game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Northwestern because ah, we'll fuck just it. Stick, we'll stick with Big Ten and UMass just got destroyed by Army. So, <sighs> and Army's a team that historically does not put up a lot of points. They just kill the clock. So, who are you going with, UMass? Can you? Ah, no, nah, give me Northwestern. I already put you down for Northwestern, so we're <laughs> last but not least, we have the Indiana Hoosiers and Penn State in Pennsylvania. Penn State. I think they, they write the ship there. They they get back to the winning ways. I still don't understand why you picked Nebraska, but Okay. So you want to hear it? Yeah, go for it. All right. I think with a week go. off, Wisconsin coming off a tough, hard fought again. Stop laughing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you picked the, like probably one of the worst teams in Nebraska in the Big Ten to beat. I see you're wearing your jersey. A winning tradition. <laughs> 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 no, but, but seriously, in all honesty, they're coming, Wisconsin's coming off a tough game against Iowa. They're going on the road to Lincoln, Nebraska. Scott Frost feels the heat, turns it up. With a week off, coming off a bye week, that's where myself and my friend, my boy, Colin Cowherd, we agree. Uh, coaches coming off of bye weeks really show the caliber of the coach, and that's why I think Scott Frost really shows that, hey, I'm here, and I'm ready to win football games. Here you go, Nebraska. Sorry for the tough year. Here's a win against Wisconsin. Flexes his muscles like you just tried to do. And I I think I think Nebraska wins a, a very close game. I think we win by three. Nebraska beats Wisconsin. Lock it in. I cannot wait to do this podcast next week when Nebraska beats Wisconsin. I can't fucking wait, man. I, it's gonna be a. Uh, I, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a blow, but it's gonna not be pretty. <laughs> we can go. Tickets as low as thirty two bucks. I buy the tickets. You pay the gas. It's in Lincoln next weekend. No, thank you. Ah, dude, you're so gay. <laughs> All right, so now going on to uh, Pac-12 Pac news. Oh, you know, actually, before we go into Pac-12 news, we're going to the um, Senior Bowl. Um, senior Bowl. So the Reese's Senior Bowl has quite a bit of, uh, what would you call these? Uh, there's, watch list. There's a lot of Huskers on there, I can tell you that. It's got a, it's got a pretty big watch list. Um They've already kind of started notifying uh, players uh, that they're going to be in it. Um, one of them is USC's receiver, Michael Pittman, the one you said that we were talking about earlier today. Oh, dude, that kid's first-round talent. I know you said early second-rounder. I say first-round talent. That kid's good. Yeah, so he's he got invited. Um, two kids off of Minnesota got invited. Uh, trying to think of who else. Uh, Evan Weaver, uh, the inside linebacker for Cal, got invited. Uh, that dude's just a beast. Um, but yeah, the, the, uh, names should start coming out more and more. Um, but it should be pretty interesting. Uh, a lot of people on the watch list. So we'll see how that ends up going, but 
Anyways, we'll translate or transition. My God, transition to uh, the Pac-12 news. Uh, this week, USC named their athletic director in Mike Bond. Um, I don't know if you got to see that or if you kind of looked him up at all. No. Sorry, okay. dude. I just uh, I'm sorry. I I gotta throw this in there. So you know, earlier we were talking about Chase Young. Yeah. So LeBron James just tweeted. Yeah, hey, tweet's been out for a while. Yeah. No, I just okay. Look, dude. I don't have I don't have Twitter, but. <laughs> No, the 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 tweet. See what I'm saying now? I don't care about them kids at all. Only about how they can make them money bag emoji, money emoji, Venmo emoji, Bitcoin emoji. I don't know. It's a gold bar emoji. But I mean that that's a big statement from somebody like LeBron James. Oh, I didn't see that one. I saw the one where he talks about the NCAA. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. I mean, King James, LeBron James, it's right there. See it? I see. Yeah, bunch of emojis. So you know it's oh yeah okay, you said when you said it you said I don't care about the kids anymore. That's why I no, I said only about they don't care about them kids at all. See, I'm not trying to butcher up his his <laughs> language. All right, only about how they can make them money bag, money bag, money bag, money bag. What? Yeah. Well, yeah, paraphrasing it came, out, came out a uh, this morning when all the news started breaking. When you texted me, I looked at I was got on Twitter and I saw you texted out. But I mean, yeah. Uh, We'll see how this fair pay to play goes. Yeah, that's good. That's going to be very interesting to see how that that pans out there. But, but um, anyways, going back to Mike Bond, uh, was AD out in Colorado for a little bit. Uh, yep. Actually, is the reason why Colorado became part of the Pac-12. Um, had a couple of hires, from what I understand, that were forced upon him at the Colorado football coach that failed miserably. Um, and then he also hired Mac, Mark, uh, Mike McIntyre, Mark McIntyre. I can't remember. I can't remember his name, but he's the coach before uh, the one that they have now. He <laughs> 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 oh. just, just showed me the win percentage for Nebraska, and it's like thirteen <laughs> percent. The matchup predictor: thirteen point two percent. So you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was uh, AD out in Colorado. Did some good things. Um, actually. Had a winning basketball program, pretty good one. Uh, got fired from there. Went to be the uh, AD up in Cincinnati, um, where Urban Meyer's son goes to school, and then his sister is actually on the, uh, they believe the board of trustees for the, like the provost, uh, Marshall or something like that. I can't remember which, but anyway, he's got uh, pretty good ties to Urban Meyer, but did a pretty good job out in Cincinnati. Um, had his press conference and reveal Thursday or Wednesday. I mean, I days of the week just blend together. Um, I think it was a Wednesday. But yeah, had his press conference. Uh, brought up a lot of good points. Uh, bringing back a lot of the old players and traditions to kind of keep them around and you know make them feel welcome still. That's one thing that Lynn Swan really wasn't good at and did. Uh, also talked about uh, winning national tab- championships in all sports, which USC does, uh, but keeping it up. And then um, actually made his way around all of campus that day, uh, meeting with everyone, even the uh, Trojan marching band, going out there and thanking them and kind of seeing what everything was about. And I think it's I, – if I looked – if I saw it correctly, it's – the first athletic director that USC has hired in 27 years that was an actual athletic director before he took over 
So that just tells you how far down the um, athletic department was and how bad their hires were. Uh, so pretty much he, he, he seems like he's going to be a pretty good hire. Um, not going to be an all-star hire by any means. I don't think so. But he's going to be a hire that gets USC on the right track, cleans house in the athletic department, and actually fixes the athletic department and gets the US, the university going in the right direction which is what USC needs 100%. Doesn't need to get an all-star hire at this point. Just needs to get someone that can actually knows what they're doing, has experience, and can come in and clean house and make everything right. It'll be interesting, man. It'll definitely be interesting to see how it all goes. Uh, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, he was supposed to be announced Monday, according to uh, Inside Source, but uh, ended up not getting announced till Wednesday. And a lot of people were speculating that um, it's because he was going to back out because Carol Fult, the president, wouldn't let him hire Irvin Meyer and all. It was a bunch of BS. And pretty much once he got hired, um, they said it, it took so long because they had to do the background checks and all of that. And then um, had to, uh, whatchamacallit, I just had to make sure everything was good. And then uh, Carol Fult was asked to her face if he has any limitations on hi- limitations on hiring coaches in the future. And she said no, so that's good sign. Um, but we'll see where it goes. And he seems pretty into it, and it seems like USC is going to be on the right track with President Fulton and uh, Mike Bond. Yeah. So my next question, and this is something that I kind of want to start implementing, you know, from now until uh, national championship. Uh. Penn State and Alabama lost, and we got. Let me let me let me see. Hold on, before I ask this question, college football playoff rankings. All right, so who do you see as your top four in the college football playoffs? So this this week, the top four is Ohio State, LSU. Alabama, Penn State. Five, six, seven, eight was Clemson, Georgia, Oregon, Utah. Who's your top four on Tuesday night? Who gets revealed top four? Number one, Ohio State. Number two, LSU. Number three, Clemson. And then number four, uh, can you say, uh, read me the last five to ten rankings. All right, so... Clemson, Georgia, Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma, and Florida. I'm going to say Oregon okay. just because they're ahead of Utah right now. I think Utah would will beat Oregon if they went head-to-head because Utah is a more physical team. Uh, Oregon has probably the best offensive lineman in, in the whole nation. And Penny Sewell, I think his name is, Yep, a 19, 19-year-old kid who – it's just an absolute beast. It's going to be an easy first rounder once he uh, declares. But I would say number four is going to be a Pac-12 team, either Oregon or Utah. Okay. I'll give you that. All right. So my predictions, uh, just because I see where the bias is in college football, I'm going to go number one, LSU. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Clemson, 
Number four, Oklahoma. And I think it's because the college football playoff has zero respect for the Pac-12. And do I think on a neutral site, head-to-head, Oregon would mollywop Oklahoma? Absolutely. I think Justin Fields definitely has that experience on, on the big stage. But I think uh, I think the college football playoff puts Oklahoma in. What I'm afraid of happening, and this is not my prediction because I don't want to go on, on track saying it, but I could definitely see this happening as OSU or LSU, OSU, Clemson, Alabama. I could definitely see Alabama being number four. Yeah, I could see that too. Even though Alabama has no route to the college football playoff. They have zero route to get into the SEC championship game. Like, how do they even compete for a conference title without LSU dropping two football games? They can't. LSU would have to lose two football games, and Alabama would have to win out for them to make it in the SEC championship game. And if you don't win your championship game, you do not deserve to be in the playoff. Doesn't That's just episode two. Go listen to my way to fix the playoff. But I'm telling you. Uh, that's what I'm afraid of happening is Alabama being number four and Alabama not dropping because they keep winning and all of a sudden Alabama's going to sneak in without even competing for a conference title. That's what I'm afraid of happening. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Alabama has a chance of being number four. But I, I don't – I think when the final rankings come out, they they won't be inside of it unless LSU loses. That's the problem, though. If they put them number four now, how do they ever drop out if they just keep winning? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't That's don't the problem. Do that's what I see, and that's where – that's what I'm afraid of happening, man. That's that's just what I see, and, you know, that's why we watch the game any given Saturday, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, man, before we close this out, how was your week? What did you do? I was pretty good. Uh just worked pretty much. Uh Gutierrez came back, so I went and had lunch with him yesterday at Panda Express. Yeah. But this is my first time being inside one, so that's kind of weird. But First time ever being inside of a Panda Express? Yeah, I don't I don't ever go to them. How do you usually eat Panda Express? Do you just like... I don't go to Panda Express. Really? Yeah, yeah it's good food, man. It wasn't bad. I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> I just I never, I never go to them. So, yeah. I mean... Right. Did you have an egg roll? What'd you have? Uh, no, I got uh, white rice, uh, sweet and sour chicken, and then uh, the chicken teriyaki uh, chicken breast. Ah, uh, dude. Okay, so you got to go back. You got to get the orange chicken. First of all, it's a staple there. And then, two, you got to get the egg rolls. The egg rolls there are amazing. Oh, so amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, I just, just worked all week. Um, trying to think. That's really about it. Uh, how about yourself? What did you do? Did not meet your girlfriend. That's what I did. That was last weekend. That wasn't this week. It was after we recorded. But I no, found out after we recorded, or else I would have roasted <laughs> you on Sunday when we recorded. <laughs> Which, by the way, can I say, this feels a lot better recording at night while I'm drinking. A lot better. Last week was weird. All right. Why? I don't know, dude. Just recording during the day while I was sober. It was just weird, man. It, it was It was. Okay, we got to get Big Joe on this week, too. Hopefully he's available. His agent keeps turning me down, man. And by his agent, uh, I mean him. 
I'll give him. I'll give him a text. Yeah, yeah. Shoot him a text. See if he's not available. Tell him he needs to block out next Saturday night. He needs to come over and do this. Uh, but no, I went to work. Uh, the battery is back, so that's going to be a big relief. Uh, I'm just kind of getting stuff ready. Dealt with that bullshit that I told you about. Yeah, you out. All right. Uh, no, just. I don't know, just working, uh, hanging out with the wife and kid, kind of getting used to being back home, being around them again. So it's nice planning a planning a trip home, going back to Phoenix uh, right after Christmas. I'm gonna go back see some family and go to a Phoenix Suns game. So pretty stoked about that. Yeah, you said you're going to Post Malone tomorrow. I am going to Post Malone tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, dude, I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. Pretty stoked to. Uh, have a week uh, a week week night out. We're gonna stay up in Denver at a hotel and gonna go see Post Malone. Gonna have a night out without the kid. So go out to what a part bar. Of, what part of Denver are you gonna stay in? No, uh, we're staying downtown, right next to the Pepsi Center. Uh, we're going out there with Amanda and her her friend. Uh, the one that came in today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her. Uh, we're gonna go down there. We're gonna stay with them. Uh, we're gonna go to a couple bars pregame. Uh, and then go to the concert, probably hit a couple bars afterwards and just have a good time and just have a night out without the kid. That's what I'm looking forward to. Post Malone is, it's good Are you music. you you don't want your kid? Huh? Are you saying you don't want your kid? Not tomorrow night, no. I <laughs> 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 did. I, I, ask anybody, man. I, I love my kid. I, I love my son. But, dude, a night out without him is a godsend, especially after the Chili's incident last night. So... Last night we went out to uh, we went out to dinner with uh, Megan's cousin and her husband, uh, Christy and Kai. Great people, I uh, fucking love those guys. Uh, but we went out to Chili's. They're down here from Texas, and they were like, "Hey, just meet us at Chili's." And we're like, "All right." We meet. We met him at Chili's, and the whole night it it was dude is a disaster. So it was either Austin was throwing a fork across the restaurant. Kai, bless his heart, like Austin was like, I want to get out. And Kai was like, okay, set him down. And the dude just took off. Austin like just <laughs> ran across the restaurant. Megan was just chasing him around, dude. It was a shit show. So it, just uh, being able to be adults and me and my wife just being able to get out and be just me and her without the kid is always, always enjoyable to be able to get out without the kid. So I don't know, man. I'm excited for tomorrow. Post Malone, it's not my... It's not my preferred genre of music, but I love concerts, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see how how it goes. And yeah, you're gonna stand out pretty, <laughs> pretty <laughs> probably. Hard. But I don't know. Megan loves him. She wants to marry him. So anything that makes her happy makes me happy. So I'll go and enjoy myself and have a good time. So if she marries him when you go there, you can come back empty-handed. No, I'll come back with alimony. <laughs> <laughs> you damn right, I'll come back. I'll come back with alimony. It'll be all right. Nah, nah, she wouldn't leave me. I, was, I, I don't think she would. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. It'll be it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. Um, I think we're gonna hit Top Golf before. So if you want to go to Top Golf tomorrow, let us know. I probably won't. Yeah, yeah, you never do. You're always like, oh, you never invite me to stuff. And then well, I invite all, you to all stuff. I have, all I get time to sleep is the weekends. The rest of the week, I have to freaking work the nights. So tomorrow, I was gonna go look at washers and dryers, anyways. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck Top Golf. That's not that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say Top Golf wasn't fun. I just said Dude, yeah, you've just been begging me to go to Top Golf for like the last like 
three years, and I'm like, hey, man, we're going to Top Golf tomorrow. You should go. And you're like, no, fuck you. I'm going to go look no, at washers we and made pl- we, we made plans a long time ago to do it with Key, who was broke as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and your ass was like, and I think either you or him backed out, and then we just I never out. did it. I, yeah. I had something going on. But then you were like, oh, dude. Because we, we even made plans with Dossette to go with us, too. Yeah, that that didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> after this podcast i'll fill you in but uh i don't know man if you want to go let us know we're going up i think we're going to go up there about like two or three o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow are you are uh, you actually a member up there or you know yeah yeah we're members so i'm you got your little card yeah i got my little white card and uh, feel all official I, flashing it up and shit i got i got my little my little uh, military member one yeah i think ours is it, it was a free membership i don't know really yeah what it, it wasn't is, but. i didn't pay anything so all right man well i will uh We'll see how our picks. Hopefully, I can make a run at you. Uh, and we'll, you, yeah, I mean, I don't think Nebraska's gonna win. So, you dude, I'm telling you, Nebraska's gonna beat Wisconsin. And Nebraska's like, gonna win. I, I promise. As his wife laughs at him in the background. Oh hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she also doesn't know a lick about football, so there's always that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Hey, we appreciate y'all listening. Follow us on Instagram, uh, any given Saturday, CFB. Uh, Twitter, Twitter too, uh, same thing, any given Saturday, CFB. Uh, email is any given Saturday, CFB at gmail.com. Uh, and we don't have a Facebook yet, do we? No. No, we okay. do not. So you guys have a great weekend and go Big Red. Fight on.